So here's the legal bit. Code 21 is a work of fiction. Any similarity to actual persons, living or dead, or actual events is purely coincidental. Relocations have been used, however, no inference should be taken that fictional or even similar events have taken place at these locations. These fictional stories have been told to give a general impression of policing in a recently bygone era. Some of these stories deal with death and trauma, suicides and murders. Should you be suffering from mental health issues or have concerns for another person, please stop listening and contact a medical health professional or your doctor. Code 21 is recorded in front of a recently deceased audience. Anyway, right. Good day to you, sir. How are you? Very well, you? Oh, very well, yeah, yeah. It's very great. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, yeah, it's alright. As always, it's been a while because of uh, work commitments and stuff. Yeah. And this time we're in my house yet again, in my kitchen. Thank yet you again. coffee. Yes. And you have been semi-professional. Well, yeah, actually, and given us these wee microphones. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which have clipped on. It's and I'm going to be even more professional than that. I'm going to start mm. off by saying, and well, I think it's pretty important you, in this episode. Here we go, alright, go for it. Uh, this is a truth according to um, oh, Robert shit, Moon yeah. and Rory McRae and no fucker's going to believe you anyway. Yes, absolutely, we haven't been saying that for a while have we? No, but yeah, it's really important for this one Is it? Why? Well, this is the story that this all comes from, isn't it? Or, or, well, oh yeah, yeah, okay, is that, is that what we were going? We're going with, with that one We'll go with that one first, but before we do I've got yeah. a couple of things to say mm. Right, so mm. first one so is I. I got some feedback on uh, bang sticks Oh did you? Yeah from someone who's a uh, firearms officer. Oh, yes. And? Uh, who I know very well. A uh, really decent guy. Ex-military. And, um, yeah, so he came back and said, uh, no disagreement with what he said. It was spot on. But mm-hmm. a couple of minor corrections. And he did say yeah. uh, things have changed now. So the whole response to active shooter thing is now totally different. So he actually rates the police response now. Um, so even though he... he Served for a decent amount of time in the military and has seen people at Hereford and stuff doing stuff. Mm. It's not there. It's not as good mm. as that. But he does say it's, it's pretty good. There's no shortage of kit. There's Is no he still serving? He's still serving. No shortage of kit or money. Yeah. I've noticed that the vehicles they're driving, kicking about in just now, is all kind of top notch. So, so that's positive. So that's, good. that's um, good. So that was nice. And it was nice to get a little bit of feedback as well. But was he happy with our yeah. slander? Yeah, but it's not slander because it was, you know, we're talking about the 90s and the yeah, yeah. 90s. And yeah. That's the way it was. Um, something else that happened, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. yeah, you're going to like this. So I bought a copy of your book, which I've got here. Now, now Jesus Christ. when um, I'm going to tell everyone a little story here. There you go on then, because I, I know what's coming. And You don't. So when your book was originally published, so I've, I've published it's it. It's a fine book. First of all, it's a fine, fine book. And it's called Stood Downs by Rory McCrane. It's available oh, on Amazon Jesus. and other websites. Right. So I've published a few books. And uh, the very first book I published was mm. in the name Robert Moon, which yes. is why I use it now. Yes. And the picture on the cover has a story behind it. Yes. You lost your baton. Shite. You did. You no, lost... you lost yours. No, no, that's a different incident. You lost your baton up Crookham. And I had a really good digital camera. Yes, it was and nice. we photographed the oh. area 
Uh-huh. And one of the photos I took was you standing next to your police car. And it came out really, really well. It's silhouetted. It's very good. And it's I, very good. I think if you listen to the podcast, I think if you click on the podcast, that is the fucking photograph. It is. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Right. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So everyone has seen it. Yeah. However, and bizarrely, mm-hmm. we went back and looked at the photos because it was mm-hmm. a really posh Canon camera. You can see yeah, it in the photo. Ve- it was very fancy, yes. And you found your baton. Well, you dropped it in the hair. Question. Yeah. Why was my baton out halfway up? You just dropped it. We drove up behind Crook and Dam to go and look at the radio, police radio mast. You used to do security checks on them. Right, okay. You've got the memory of a fish. And I'm going to come on uh, to this. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, now you're telling me I do remember why we were there, but I hadn't remembered that I dropped my baton. But there you go. Okay. Yeah. So you the originally that used gun. that picture, which is was fine. So it was actually a picture of you, and most people who've, who've bought my original the, Robert Moon book wouldn't know that. Well, the reason I used it is because I was making up a dummy book and I had to get some copies. Mm. from the so-called publisher to myself uh, and I just threw that picture on it because I was being lazy however mm. you then went and changed yeah, the picture yes. of the cover in, in fairness book. to the podcast and to you because right. you kept fucking moaning about it so you've taken a picture of you I know I know exactly where that picture is taken with Binky 2 in the background and we must we must address the issue of why Binky is called Binky at some point when I changed the photograph on it you changed no, your head right. into a Minecraft head what? Yeah, it's yeah. Got a big square over it. It's like that game, <laughs> Minecraft. That's you cool. got a Minecraft it's head. Totally, yeah, yeah. But you totally yeah. forgot to change the car registration number. That <sighs> got me thinking. <laughs> I work with a male idiot. Now, I, I'm going to just share something here with, with our audience. So if you go on YouTube and uh-huh. type in, there's uh-huh. a thing called Bunny the Dog. Oh, fuck me. Okay. Now, I, I'll maybe insert a clip here. Right. At a later date, but Bunny basically is a dog that has been trained to yeah. have great conversations by pressing buttons and has learned yeah, forty odd phrases. <laughs> have, you, have you seen it on YouTube? No. Right. Well, no, it's a talking dog, is it? It's basically it's a talking dog and genius, and it comes up with very um, complex sentence constructs. It understands pronouns, it understands past and future tense. <sighs> I mean, it's it's genius. So I was thinking, what other stupid animals do I know that needs <laughs> that need to communicate with? What the fuck is that? So I've been but, on Amazon. Other so you're comparing retailers. me to a dog that knows punctuation. I don't know punctuation. No. And what oh. I've done, I've bought the same things Buddy has, and oh. I pre-programmed them. This should be visual. What yeah. do I do? So you've got four buttons here that oh. will allow you to yeah. communicate more effectively with the world. Oh, good. Can I press one? Yes, you can. So I think we can start with this one. So okay. when you have yeah. difficulties and you're, yes. you're having problems and people are failing to understand you... Most of the time. You can press that one. Okay, here we go. Folly a dove. What's that fucking say? Folly a dove. Folly a dove. Folly a dove. And that explains <laughs> so much The madness of two... I like that one. So when you're out, you know, yeah. and, and yeah, yeah. out of control in a restaurant or whatever, Falling with in. your partner. I don't see. Yeah, good. She yeah. can press that. Yeah, yeah she will, yeah. Yeah, yeah problem sorry. Mad, okay. This one's really good. This is this is for when you're uncontrollably angry. Which is frequently. Yeah, pushing people in main, the ditches No one ever pushed MD in that ditch. Oh, speaking of which, I've got a letter to read about that. Right. Right, okay. This, this, is, this is for angry Rory, is it? Yeah. Here we go. I may have Tourette's or rabies or both. Yeah, Tourette's I'll give you. Yep, that's yeah, that's very good, very okay. good. Yep. So I'm really pleased with that. Yeah, one. yeah, that's so, nice, yep. so that one's good. <coughs> um, me coughing, yep. Quite happy with this one as well. Okay, I better bring it closer to my microphone. Right, here we go. What's this for? Oh, 
Uh, just in general? I'm trying to remember if this one is for when you're lost. Lost? Yeah. Can you help me find my carer or suitable adult? <laughs> that's nice. So that these these are going to come in handy as I go older, yeah. Oh, totally, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah uh, these are brilliant. Yeah, 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 and then the last year. one, which I'm really pleased with. This is good, yes. Is there a background to this one? I can't remember. Just press it. Okay, here we go. One, two, three, press. Yes. <laughs> and that explains it's, it's so true. much about your behaviour. Yes. Hug me. I'm afraid of clowns, horses and short people. Yeah. They make me cry, yeah. I mean, that, that's me summed up in a box of brightly coloured push-button sticks things. Yeah. Isn't so, it? So I think, yeah, you know, um, your wife should carry those around. Uh, your children as well. Yes. And I, I feel sorry for one of your children as well, because as I bought your book, I was reminded of the fact that you oh, don't actually know it. the letter that your daughter's yeah. name. That was the aggressive answer. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going to stop now. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I know. Okay. Well, we can just thump the box. And yeah, right. Nice. Um, so, yeah, has your daughter commented at all about the fact you don't know her name? No. No, she hasn't listened to that episode yet. I've kind of blanked over that. Yeah, you maybe should. I never mentioned the deco either, which was, was a bit bad. But anyway, go back to the book right now. Yeah. What happened here was, right? In, in haste, I thought I better change the cover because you're fucking moaning about it all the time, right? So I changed it on my phone, right? So I just pick a random picture from my phone. That's as may be, but you left the car registration number out. I don't think you'd be able to read it. Can you read it? Can you read it? Oh, you, yeah. I know about the register. Anyway, because of that, you then came on the phone to me, hmm. laughing, calling me an idiot. Well, you were. And saying, look what you're fucking done. It's a nice photo, but you left the car registration number on. Yeah. Yes. And then you also said, pointed out an issue with... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when you listed it with an online uh, book retailer, many yeah. others are available, yeah, yeah. you put it in the children's section. I don't know how that happened. Have you fixed it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Two things have happened. <laughs> Two things have happened. I've changed the picture again. I can't remember what cover it. But because of that, Reg, I had to take it down quickly. But yes. not quick enough for some books to go out, including the one you have. Bro. So maybe there's only about two, to be truthful, two of these books with that photograph on it. Being read there. by eight-year-olds. Yeah. Bought by their parents. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, fuck, I better quickly change it. So I put another picture on it, changed the age rating, and uh, yeah. So when I become a multi-billionaire on the back of this podcast and that book, you can get sued by the parent who... Well, no, you, you've got one of these very rare copies, haven't you? I do, yeah. The, the, in fact, maybe the only, maybe one of two copies with that picture on it. Yeah, yeah. That, dog, that noise is my dog. Anyway, so, so that's good, yeah. Anyway, so there we go. I, I hadn't, uh, yeah, so that was good. I hadn't really, I've not really prepared too much. And What were you saying we're going to talk about? Well, I thought you should talk about why you left the police, which I know is a big two-part episode. Mm. I mean, I've got a few things written down here. I'm not even going to talk about it. These are my notes that mm. I've taken since mm-hmm. the last book. Intro. Yeah. We've done that? Yep. Yeah, good. The book, photo, number, plate and age. Yeah. Done. done. Endorsement tickets. I was going to mention that, but maybe take up too much time. That's... Police Scotland not using the word sir or ma'am anymore. Story. Letter complaint. I was going to read that. Appreciation international listeners. Yeah. I was going through, you know, our... Uh, account thing. Yeah. We've got listeners from everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere. Like Poland, Ukraine, Brazil, maybe I think. Canada. 
Anyway, I just thought it was, I thought it was nice. And these people probably understand me and don't know what language you speak. Well, you've closed up my wee box. I'm not meant to push the buttons in the box anymore. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, here's the thing: pervert with pants in his car. I think, <laughs> I think we'll leave that for later. And you were talking about when you first met me. You remember when I said my dad wasn't it? Yeah. I've got first met Kenny quad bike. You remember that? I'm not going to talk about it. Remember that? These are notes. Kenny quad bike. First time I met you was in relation to a quad bike. Was that for Uh huh. No. Hogbury. I'll tell you about later. Yeah. Uh, vinyl thing about maybe we were talking about attitude tests and stuff like that and, and searching and I think we, we quoted the Misuse of Drugs Act. Oh week, yeah, yeah. Last week. Section twenty three. So so Rory and he <laughs> had his unique style of, of searching. Yes, I've listened to it several times. <laughs> I remember the quote I gave and, and yeah. etc. It didn't always go down well. No. No. And sometimes most times it did work. Well, I saw you do it a couple of times, and I have to say, I saw you, you go through mm. your unique style of warning in a slightly more aggressive manner than you did in the previous podcast. Yes. Threatening all kinds of awful things to people. <laughs> no, not me, obviously, Rory. Not you, you. You've heard of this, not me. Yeah. Anyway, it, it brought to mind a letter from a certain uh, solicitor, <laughs> a notary. And a state agent. I don't know why a fucking estate agent was writing to me. It wasn't even addressed to me. It was addressed to the officer in charge of uh, Baytown Police Office. Oh. I'll read some of it, shall I? Was that, was that, a, was that an alcoholic officer in charge of Baytown at the time? It was. Well, I'll, I'll show you. Yes, it was. <laughs> it says, Inspector, then the name, and then in brackets, report, please. Question mark. Right. But she was more outrageous than anybody else was. Yes. That's, that's funny. Yeah. Dear sir. Which is, is a shame because it's... Uh, she wasn't a sir. No, she was a mum. Yes. Well, not now she wouldn't be, but yeah, she was then. No, well, that goes back to my wee notes, wasn't it? Yeah. They're not allowed to call them sir and mum anymore. That's outrageous. That can't be true, is it? Yeah, it is. I've heard that. Of my Did you tell me that or was it my wife? No, it was in the press. What the fuck? So now... Yeah, so senior officers now go by first name. No. Yeah. It has to be. You have to have a bit of, It's all about rank, isn't it? Respect. And and, and see the downside well, you, of it. You'd rank very briefly. I respect you. <laughs> I respected it. <laughs> but see this. See this the no sir and the no ma'am thing. And, yeah. and it obviously, obviously, the police comes from like a, a military background back in the mm. day. Well, it's a uniform service. And not yeah. only that, but you're not an employee. No. It's an appointment. You yes. Are, you're technically bound by the same sort of so rules. You, you don't respect. have the same employment rights. So, yeah, you should be. So what, what, what do you address the chief constable as? I don't know her name, so I suppose no, her no, name, Joan or something, is it? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's just not right, is it? I, I, maybe we're just too old school. I, I, I don't know. Mm. But I think the end result of, of all this political correctness is you have these cops out the street and ticked and... I was watching a guy the other day who was doing the briefing. The other guy, the acid thrown in the yeah. face and all that. And it was a chief inspector or someone who did the briefing. His hat was all on squint and I'm like, just looked like a bag of shit. Yeah. It just didn't come across professional at all. And then there was another one, a, a foreign officer, foreign of birth. Mm. Uh, did you see that one on yeah. the news? No. She was telling someone that they couldn't... Uh, Oh, this is the special who was ah, saying someone to, to gospel singing. Yeah, I did see that. Only in church, and then stuck her tongue out. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? You know, but that, and they're uh, defending it. 
which is even more bizarre. It's just, it's just embarrassing. Anyway, let, let's crack on. It's, uh, uh, yeah, back back to Rory, and uh, I'll not name the solicitor notary and the estate agent. Uh, mm. However, uh, we act for, and it gives somebody's name. <laughs> right, we. But this was part of the problem, right? The name was part of the problem, so it's, it's quite a difficult story to tell without telling it, right? Right. Right. It, Did they have a silly name? Y- y- yes. Does it rhyme uh, with uh, something? No. No. It, it, I stopped them. No, I didn't. Rory did, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Rory stopped them, and it was the equivalent of saying, what's your name, sir? Michael Schumacher. There's his name there. Right. Yes. So that was abbreviated, yeah? Yeah. Somehow, really. <laughs> Mr. Ch- <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> oh, I might have mentioned this before to yeah. you. Yeah. Um, when I, I started my first police office, there was yeah. a local called yeah. Ronald McDonald and that was genuinely his name and every time he got stopped by the police I was like arrested. what's your name Ronald McDonald oh, I right <laughs> and they were arrested and we used to get phone calls from all over Glasgow coming to our divisional HQ because it's it's in the days where a lot of this stuff being a computer yeah and before you could airwave talk to a driver to another office Ronald McDonald we've got this guy and is he for real because he's just got the deal for a breach soul. <laughs> I mean you would change your name wouldn't you you would However, yeah. Mr. Schumacher hadn't changed his name. That isn't his name, obviously, but it was something yeah. very close to that profession. Yeah. Okay. So he stopped by me yeah. for littering. Yeah. It was, a bug, it was a bugbear of mine. Yeah. Driving like a fucking arsehole and chucking stuff out the window. Yeah. So rightly he, so. He was stopped by Rory, not me, in, in a petrol station. Well, rightly so. He's a criminal. After that stop, there's a complaint that came in that was flabbergasted. Right? We act for Mr. Michael Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> who has instructed us to lodge a formal complaint against an officer of Baytown Police Station following an incident on such and such a date at such and such a petrol station. Mm-hmm. We would advise that this incident occurred sometime between midnight and 2am. Well, littering between those times. I mean, he's clearly a criminal. I don't say uh, well, who's out at that time of night other than me? Or yeah. Rory, sorry. Mr Schumacher had been driving towards a village with a friend who the fucking friend was, and uh, Lewis Hamilton probably, where he was stopped by a marked Toyota police vehicle. <laughs> the police officer within the vehicle informed Mr Schumacher that he had dropped some litter at the petrol station and to return to pick it up forthwith. Mm. Mr Schumacher complied with this request and returned to the petrol station. <laughs> Mr However, <laughs> <laughs> Mr Schumacher advises us that at this point the officer concerned became aggressive and consenting and in a consenting manner towards him informed Mr Schumacher's friend that he was being a cocky muppet (laughs) and thereafter grabbed him by the shoulders and forcibly pushed him into the back of said police vehicle Hang on Mr. Schumacher informs us that his friend was not advised for the reason of this detention by the police officer and that he was just being a cocky little shite. <laughs> right. These are, not, these are not words I've ever uttered. Cocky no. little shite. That sounds very English. At this point, a second police vehicle attended the police station. <laughs> Mr. Schumacher was thereafter asked to provide his details, such as his name and address, and whether he had any convictions. 
he provided his name as Michael Schumacher. Yeah. We would advise that Mr. Schumacher suffers from learning disabilities and became confused. Right. However, the officer concerned thereafter told Mr. Schumacher, stop your gibbering shite and give me a straight answer. What's your fucking name? <laughs> I guess we're there, Presta. Mr. Schumacher became distressed at the comment and the attitude of this police officer. Mr. Schumacher informs... <laughs> if I speak with the officer, he was called a something, something, something and stupid on many occasions and referred to as a muppet several times. The officer told his client, told our client that he would search his car, but before he did so, under the Misuse of Drugs Act, he, Mr. Schumacher, had to clean it as the officer was not putting his hands in that fucking mess. <laughs> Mr. Schumacher feels this was done to belittle him and caused him a great deal of distress. So, so somebody, not you clearly, because uh, I've never heard you use words like Muppet. No. But somebody in uniform instructed this individual to mm. tidy their car before it got searched. Correct. Because it was a mess. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> In order to tidy the vehicle, mm-hmm. Mr. Schumacher was advised to go to the petrol station and get some fucking blood bin mixed. <laughs> he did so. After being detained for... There's huge chunks of this story missing. It's very tainted and it's not true. After being detained for approximately 25 to 30 minutes, Mr. Schumacher and his friend were informed they could leave the area. He felt the officer was laughing and making fun of him. Mr. Schumacher wishes to complain about the officer's attitude, language and the way he was dealt with. He felt threatened, ridiculed and intimidated by the officer. Now this is Rory's defence, right? Right. You know what I look like now, because you look at me. Yeah. And you remember what I looked like back in the day. Much the same. Mr. Schumacher informs that the officer concerned was slightly built, with black, wavy hair, approximately five foot nine, was driving a marked Toyota police vehicle. Please confirm you'll investigate the smart fully and take the appropriate action against the officer involved. Do you know, this sounds more like the gerbil. It certainly fucking wasn't me. I've got a black wavy hair. I'm 5 foot 11. Well, and you know my issues with my height. Where's the height thing? Clowns. Help me. I'm afraid of clowns, horses and short people. Correct. Exactly. <coughs> So, make me cry. They do make you cry. So, well, what do you make of this letter? I mean, I, I've, I've got several things to say about it. It's, it's absolute, Mr. Schumacher. Eh? There you go. Well, it's clearly fiction. Well, it's clearly, clearly. deluded ramblings of somebody. Some, some fucking idiot. I can't imagine. I mean, any police officer out there who's listening to our podcast, I know there are quite a few, mm. would find it impossible to believe that someone mm. in the midst of a Section Twenty Three drug search mm. was sent to go and buy black poly bags. It was fucking rancid. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? what this letter fails fail, fails to mention. It's a, you know, it says, "Oh, Mr. Schumacher and his friend then drove away." Mm-hmm. Yeah, they drove away after being charged with under the Misuse of Drugs Act. Mm-hmm. As a result of said search, would you not think if you're told to tell you the car, you'd be smart enough to put the drugs in the black bag and then throw them out? Yeah, you know, like, search is. <laughs> The whole search process was a bit vague, but but 
As yeah. a, a, before he left, he, he, he was he, found to have drugs. Correct. Remarkable. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I mean, they, they failed, failed to admit that. So, Rory, I believe, uh, this is all fiction, uh, was spoken to by said inspector yeah. uh, regarding this matter. With a straight face? For the majority of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to... And, and I said, that's a lot... No, I didn't. Rory would have said, that's a load of shit. That didn't happen. Right. Not like that. It didn't happen like that. People are just out to fucking do the police for any reason, whatever. And the inspector's response was, Rory, it's on CCTV. Or no, it wasn't. The inspector's response was, Rory, there's CCTV in that garage. And that Rory's response was, not what I fucking part there wasn't. I mean, Rory's an outrage. Absolutely outrageous. And, but, I mean, there's two sides to every story. This is a criminal who's littering, right? Obviously. And has drugs in his vehicle. Right? Criminal, yeah. Not just drugs in his vehicle, there was fucking... Oh, it was... Disgusting. Anyway, have I backed up a little? Look, time is one thing. Fully I do. Wonder. Fully I do. Fully Yeah, all that. Eh... Uh, yeah, time, time's rambling, but I thought that backed up a little bit of uh, how Section 23 went mm. in, in, back in the day. Allegedly, you know, uh, these are just stories that were passed down to me. Uh, and obviously you weren't involved in and No, no, uh, no. And, and the fictional <laughs> Rory McRae was, excellent, good stuff. Um, anyway, I feel we should move on. Yeah, now. Right, so because I've been talking, you've been talking, you've been making me press fucking buttons for ten minutes. Um, the press had another one, a different one. Can you help me find my carer or suitable adult? <laughs> it was like Michael fucking Schumacher. He found his carer all right. Fucking rapid. Anyway, <laughs> he was careful. Yeah, because we've been talking too long, which is uh, what we've talked about in the past, I had said, when had I said, is it New Year, Christmas time? Mm. Uh, I've got a couple of crackers for 2024. One was the episode that you're going to put out soon. Yeah. Uh, the pensioner and the bicycle. And the hogtied one. And the hogtied one was the other one. Well, the hogtied one links into policing an island, so let's... I've, I can tell be a story Be careful about, not to name the island here. Well, I'm going to tell a story then about an island I'm going to call Trassy. All right. Yeah. Is it a wee bit further out? About four hours in a boat? Yeah, about that. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a safe place for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll tell my Trassy story because it's still... Yeah, and, you know, it's and I'll tell you about Hogtide, which is a cracker. Go. I think this sets the scene for what policing on the islands was like. Mm. Now, this is actually quite a sad story. But oh, is it? Mine's just funny. No, this one's definitely a sad one. But it, yeah. it does put in context what policing on the islands was like. Do you want more like. coffee? Keep talking. Um, oh, yes, please. Mm. Uh, so, um, I was a family liaison officer, as Sorry. we've mentioned before. I should be a barista. I'm listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> and um, one of my first family liaison deployments... Yeah, it's actually very close to Trey Lee. Maybe. <laughs> so, one of my first um, deployments uh, was to go out, and myself and I think we called him Big John in previous episodes. So we got a phone call at like one o'clock in the morning. Big John, small hands. No, Sergeant John. Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay. So um, I, we got a phone call at one o'clock in the morning saying there has been a fatality. Oh. On this island. Now, we were used to going to a much nearer, bigger island. And it was quite normal when you went to that island, particularly if you took the unmarked police car, that the way 
the crew of the Calmac ship let everyone know that the unmarked traffic car was coming over. Was they flew the Calmac flag at half mast? Did they? Yeah. Did you not know that? I didn't know that. That's genius. Yeah. And then, so you turned up the island, and we would back in the old days of, of like Nokia thirty three ten bricks. Yeah. As we were coming in to that island, you would, your phone would ping as it got a signal again. Yes, that's right. And it would be the sergeant of the island saying, "I've stuck the kettle on." Right. I'll see you in 20 minutes because yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. even though you, you'd never said you were coming the, the jungle drums had beat as it were every unmoted, uninsured car on the island yeah, was yeah. parked behind the hedge yeah. and you were never going to catch anything no. so it, it was a social trip but yeah, on this you're, occasion, you're fly, flying the flag as it were half past on this occasion uh, very very sadly there has, yeah. has been a fatality and what has happened at the fatality is uh, a driver driving away from the pub in the early hours of the morning mm has rolled the car and mm. the passenger has mm. died. Head went out of the sunroof, no seatbelt. Face out. Mm. Um, so, and I've got another story about exactly the same thing happening, actually, to do with death messages. So, okay. um, anyway, so we get sent out. Yes. And for those of you who are used to policing the city in response times, because the, there was a police officer on the island, but he's in holiday. Mm-hmm. And there's only one police officer on this island. And the only way to get there is by ferry. Or force helicopter, but yes. Or force helicopter, if you can get it. But then in the middle of the night, that's difficult. Yeah, yeah. Or the RAF, if you ask really yeah, nicely. Yeah. Lifeboat. Yeah. Anyway, so, on you go. So our only way to get there, basically, yeah. was at six o'clock in the morning to turn up for the ferry, mm-hmm. which took like four hours. Mm-hmm. So by the time we get to the island, we're talking like potentially 10 hours, 11 hours have passed by the time we've actually got to the scene. So this is how bizarre it was in the island. The locals had cleaned the locusts, removed the car, taken the deceased's body to the local hospital, laid them out in the examination tray, taken the car down to the dock ready to go back to the mainland, and we turn up, and effectively our crime scene has gone. It's gone. None of these are medical professionals. They're just... No, they're just locals, locals like farmers yeah. and stuff, yeah, turning yeah, up with yeah, tractors. Yeah. And it, it was really bizarre. It was an odd <coughs> experience for me. Now, it was just before Christmas. Mm. And we turn up. Now, the, the driver was actually heli-medied out, right. bizarrely, by the RAF. So mm. they came because he had a head injury, was yeah, taken yeah. to Glasgow. Mm-hmm. And uh, predictably enough, given the scenario, was drunk. Yes. So his bloods were taken to the hospital and he's very much a drunk driver. But um, we get to the island uh, and we want into the local police office. So we've been to the scene. We've got what we can, what's left in mm-hmm. terms of physical data. Um, I want to go and see the family. First of all, we're going to go to the local police office. So the local cop is away in holiday. Mm-hmm. But we managed to get hold of him and say... Is there a key somewhere we can get? There was nobody there because normally, like myself, would be covering. Yeah, nobody there. Nobody there. No. Right, okay. So anyway, we get to the local police office and we're yeah. told, you don't need a key, it's open. Now, his house is attached to this. Yeah. But he doesn't bother locking his police office because it's the island. He knows everybody. Yeah. yeah. So we open the door mm-hmm. and we manage to get him on the phone and we're like, okay, we want to log into your computer. Now, this is prior to the days of everyone having their own access. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you log in just with a password, not yeah, that's right. your own username or email address. And uh, we're like, okay, um, can you give us the password? Mm-hmm. And he says, just put your finger in the top row of the keyboard and run it along really fast to the other side. <laughs> so the password basically is one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. seven, eight, zero. Yeah. Funny squiggle yeah. stroke. And I was like, right, okay. Uh, that's, and <laughs> I remember saying that with the phone, Man, that's a really easy password to guess. And he goes, no one needs to guess it. The whole island knows it. Because I've got the only ISDN link. 
So everyone yeah. used his computer for the internet. They just went to the police office and helped themselves. I was like, Jesus. Like a library type thing. Like a library. Like a, yeah, like a library open source computer. And this is a police computer. Police computer. This is fiction, so, folks. Yeah, absolutely fiction. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. at this point, I'm kind of laughing and entertaining yeah. myself with this. So we decided we're going to go and see the family. Now, we know we yeah. have no way off the island that night. Yeah. Um, Force Control have got us a B&B. Mm-hmm. And was it a nice it, one? It was very nice. But because it was like two days before Christmas, yeah. he's opened up the B&B just for the two of us. So that's nice. Was that the posh one? Very posh. Yes, it didn't last long, but it was very nice. Yeah, yeah down yeah. near the shore. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's lovely, yeah. So we um, we go down to the local co-op because we're mm. like stuck in this B&B. I'm thinking, well, yeah. I can't, but there's no, no other shop. So I go yeah. to the co-op um, and we're wandering around the co-op. Now, we've got a marked police BMW yeah. with all our crash investigation stuff. Mm. We're in uniform, although yeah. we do have civvy jackets with us, but yeah. we're in uniform. Um we go around the co-op and we're, we're both kind of computer geeks and we're both thinking, yeah. well, we're, what are we going to do tonight? You know, we're, we're going to have time yeah. afterwards. We're stuck in a and b So, bizarrely, we both had laptops with us. Mm-hmm. We both went and bought the same computer game to network to each other. Basically, like a, a Medal of Honor type stuff. Your Call of Duty, right? So we go and buy that. Yeah. So we're, and then we buy some beers yeah. to have in the B&B, yeah. right? We're off yeah. duty, which is yeah. fine. Yeah. We get to the till of the co-op yeah. Right, woman before goes through. The guy looks up, sees it's us, mm. and his opening words to us are, "Have you got a date for the postmark?" Really? I was like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah. Eh, sorry, what? Yeah. And he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, because I'm the funeral director." Yeah, so he needs to know. So he needs to know. Yeah. And I'm like, "We're in island life with a queue behind us, but it's island life." So we yeah. buy our stuff, a bit embarrassed. Yeah. Say no, we don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. We'll let you know as soon as we can. Yeah. Go out into the police car. Mm-hmm. Have a quiet kind of look at each other yeah. and go, this is bizarre. It's like something yeah. out of the window, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. We drive across the island, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it's single track roads. Maybe it takes us 20 minutes. We eventually find this little house in the middle of nowhere yep. to go and see the father of the guy who's dead. Yeah. Knock on the door, go in. Mm-hmm. Guy opens the door, check out a guy from the co-op who'd got there before us. And he realised we were going there. A bit worse than that, he's a relative, which we didn't realise until we started speaking to him. So he's gone round ahead of you and said, oh, they're coming round to see you. Yeah. So we get in, we start talking to the father, who's quite a decent guy, and mm. he's he's talking away. Mm. I do my family liaison bit, and I was I was quite early on as a family liaison, so I'm doing it all probably, yeah. giving him the little yeah. book break and yeah, all that yeah. stuff, and, you know, giving him advice on how to yeah. arrange post-mortems and funerals. Um, so we then, the undertaker has come over from the mainland in the same yeah. So he's he's gone away with the remains, right. so there could be a postmark. Yeah. So we leave the father's house and we go to our B and B. We check in. Uh-huh. We're using the the completely insecure police computer to try right. and email stuff back to mainland. So because that's where some this. Yeah. And then really bizarre. It gets that evening. The B and B has because it's opened up for us. Won't do food. Right. Okay. So they basically say you're gonna have to go along to the pub. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking, well, that's fine. The Tell hotel what. pub. Or the other one? Hotel, the, the hotel one near of the police office or the hotel one? The hotel one. Right, okay. Right, because we didn't want to go to the one that the people had left the night before drunk. Yes. Because they, they were directly involved. Yes. So we go to this other one, we sit down, and we're having some dinner. Now, mm-hmm. we're, at this point, we're in civvies. Mm-hmm. And the deceased father comes in, absolutely pished, having driven at the car park, yeah. completely rat arsed. Yeah. And you're kind of like, well, his son's just been killed. Yeah. How so are we going to deal with this? How are we going to deal with this? Mm. So 
we we're not in a position no. to to arrest him. No. So bizarrely, he gets so drunk he doesn't recognise us. Despite the fact I was there a couple of hours earlier, saying yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. so he comes over and starts talking to us because we're strangers. So we're having this really surreal conversation with him, and he's telling us about the cops who came to see him when his son's been dead, and uh, and where the cops went to see him, oh, and we're also thinking, how do we deal with the fact this guy's absolutely smashed? Mm-hmm. So I stole these car keys. Yeah, and it was the only thing yeah, I, we could think to do. do. So we yeah. stole these car keys and we went back and handed them into the hotel the next day. Yeah, and I, I look back on that and think, well, he probably still got a lift back from somebody who was drunk, but not as drunk. It's, and it was the island way. If you didn't go above twenty mile an hour and out of second gear, that was seen as being okay. Yeah, I mean that particular island is is the reason I ended up in Dualali, mm. uh, having come from the city, and uh, the, the, the the local officer was away visiting his brother uh, for a six week period on on vacation, mm. uh, and I was sent up there from deepest darkest Lanarkshire. Mm. Uh, went out on the ferry, you know, and, and as you say, I went out full uniform. And, Stepped off and he was meeting me to go back on the ferry to subsequently get a plane and he gave me the keys to the, the, the Land Rover or the van, I think it was. Showed me where the police house was, showed me where my digs was in a wee map and says, go on with it. And by yeah. the way, lose the uniform, everybody knows who you are. And I spent six weeks on that island and it was the reason, as I say, that I, it was just everything was the way it should have been in terms of Scottish policing. You know, you'd come yeah. from dealing with with maniacs and knives and drugs and all that. And I thought, people actually spoke to you. you know? I was a bit yeah. envious of it, because it was a bizarre I, way of life. It, but there was, was no point in having a uniform. Everybody no, knew you. No, and you're, you're talking about the drink driving, and one of the worst things you could have done there is going over there as a big cop from Glasgow and saying, right, I'm mm. going to enforce this and I'm going to enforce that. And I'd, I'd been left, left a briefing, a handover note from the cop before he went away. Mm. And it says drink driving. He's like, good luck with it you're on your own you know as far as corroboration goes yeah. if I have to do it I use my wife he says but the best is the best is prevention you know so what I used to do was was go out I'd go up my digs because uh, you didn't leave a set of shifts yeah. and then I, I stayed in that hotel uh, but I would deliberately park the police vehicle around the back so as not yeah. to create loss of business for them uh, and, on, and I would say to them right I'm going out now Mm. and I would drive around the island the jungle drums would go you wouldn't see a single thing on the road yeah. and you would, you would do a wee tour and I remember once I was in the hotel and uh, I I wasn't drinking I was at my dinner and the barman was there and he was a rough wee Glasgow kind of guy and mm. he was the barman he was, he was old about 50s, 60s or something like that and uh, I hear this beep 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 what the fuck's that it's his beeper he was a retained fire mm. fireman yeah uh, so we'd, we'd been sat for a few hours and he was pished. He was drinking more than he was serving. He was <laughs> fucking mortal. Right? Yeah. And uh, he, he beeps and he fucking, he get, oh, got to go. And he makes a line for the car. And I'm like, well, I'm not in uniform, but I'm like, it's not fucking happening. Mm. So I said, no, no. And he kind of dawned on him. So I threw him in the car, drove to, do you know where the fire station is? Right next, it's part yes. of the police office. Drove him to the fire station, right? <laughs> Flat out, right? Gets there, stops in at the police station, the other guys start arriving, turn, I looked around the corner, he's in the driver's seat of the fucking fire engine. <laughs> I'm like, get fucking out of there. I fucking downbid somebody else drive it. But what I used to do is, <coughs> I, I used to, I'd, I'd drive about and go to events and use the police van as a bus to get them home. 
and that that's all you could do. Yeah. Uh, but in turn, they looked after me very well, and I, you know, you, you just did what you did. You were there as a service, not as an enforcement. And you ended up going to beach parties. I remember being there, short t-shirt with the, the police Land Rover on the beach, you know, the bonfire yeah. going, somebody on the guitar, everybody drinking. I wasn't drinking. The reason I wasn't drinking was because I was driving them home, you know. Mm. And a couple of them would say, oh, you're all right, Rory, you know, you're, you're like one of us, you're not like a real cop. And I thought, well... That's true in so many yeah. levels. <laughs> you're not really... <laughs> the, the, quote, the quote was, you're not actually a cop, are you? I said, yeah, but you just don't get it. You don't realise, yeah. I'm driving you home. And it was a big... It was a big laugh to get driven home in the back of the Land Rover, you know, but you're just, you're doing it so they don't have to, to drink and drive. And, and the officer that was there had a real hard job to do it. He, he had what we'd call FaceTime now. Yeah. Uh, in front of the intoximeter to do it, if he had to do it. Uh, and he, he policed it very well. And there was a line, and if he crossed it, he dealt with it. But he had his fair share of fails as well to deal with. Oh, yeah. His son's friends and stuff like that. But anyway, we're off on a tangent. Uh, but islands... My, just just when you, you finish yeah. with that one, yeah. uh, and we're going to, to yeah. your island story, mm. uh, when we tried to get back, another aspect yeah. of island laugh. Yeah. Yeah. So having a laugh, yeah. sitting in the pier, <laughs> waiting to go back, Yes. Carmack Ferry, comes yes. in the harbour, turns around, buggers off, and you're stuck doesn't there. come in, because oh, the weather got bad. Yeah. So we then, force control said, don't worry, flight mm. with British Airways, dump the police car, mm-hmm. we'll get you back with BA. Go you the left airport. the police car on the island. Yeah. Fuck it. Oh, it gets worse. So oh, we, we get to the airport, right, and mm-hmm. we're kind of thinking, this is going to be some little silly propeller plane. Now, it's not the island where the plane lands on the beach, but it's not far short. Is it the like, yellow one? Uh, the school one? <laughs> no. Right, okay. And I'll, t- I'll tell you why in a second, because <coughs> we don't ever actually see it. So what right, happens okay. is we're waiting at the airport, yeah. and it's a tiny, I mean, it's basically a port cabin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You go in. And the check-in is the same person who takes your bags and puts them in yeah, the plane yeah, yeah, and does the air traffic yeah, control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and flies the plane. Yeah. <laughs> so we do all that. We're waiting yeah. with like three other passengers because it's, it's a small plane. Yeah. It's an island or something. Yeah. Um, we're waiting and then the, the cloud starts to come in. Yeah, and we hear we the go. plane oh. and we hear it turn around and bugger yeah, off as well. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, no. So we then yeah. get back on the force control. Now it's now, it's now Christmas Eve. Oh no. And we're saying, look, are we stuck here for Christmas? Because yeah. we have no B and B. Are we? You know what? Yeah. We do? Are we spending Christmas Day eating a packet of crisps, sitting in a police car on the pier? Yes. Yeah. That's what this is looking like. And eventually, force control got on, get a helicopter all the way up from Glasgow. Wow. Uh, landed at the field behind the police house. Yeah, that's what landed. We dumped the police yeah. car to be brought back by a local or something. I don't yeah, know how yeah. they got it back yeah. later after Christmas, and um, and they flew us back. And and I'm always quite sad when I think of that because that. Crew of that helicopter, Davy and Kirsty, were the ones who died later. Yeah, on. likewise, my last one of my last jobs and and the police was flown out to that island with that crew, mm. David Kirsty and, and the pilot, and that and that was for a serious assault or road accident or something. Exactly the same. Picked up at the, the local airfield, flown onto the island. They we, leave, we didn't have Kirsty. We saw her at Connell. They had to drop one off, right? Okay, because it only had four seats. Yeah, yeah. and the yeah, lands behind the police office. Yeah. Stop like come in for a cup of tea and then off they go. You're left to deal with it and uh, yeah, in that particular occasion slept on the floor of the police office and then got the ferry back home in the morning. Yeah. You know. Bunkers. But yeah, good times, you know. I was out there with my, my wife and a few times, you know, she covered once and I covered and it, it's a place very dear to both of us, you know, as mm. old uh, that island. Uh, but yeah, my my story. So this is an island called Slate Island to the south of Baytown. It's quite small. Uh, one of its great. Oh, I've got two stories about it. I'll tie them in. No, but I'll tie them into the, the 
the, the same story. Mm. Uh, one of its claims to fame was that uh, uh, there was two young princes from the United Kingdom and their grandmother stayed there. Mm. Uh, royal princes. Uh, so, so she had a safe room. Yeah, she, and she had a, an alarm tied very closely into yeah. the local police office. Uh, and when the young princes were particularly young and their mother was still in life, uh, they would come and uh, stay on Slate Island. And we would always know when that was happening because yeah. the circus would come to town, albeit very subtly. Members of the public wouldn't know what was going on, but we would. Mm. Uh, so on one occasion, uh, I'll, I'll keep this wee bit brief, but one occasion that poor lady who's now deceased, uh, the grandmother, she was going down south to, I think she was given evidence in the case against a particular butler from the royal family mm. in London. It was something to do with that. Uh, she was away. And when she was away, embarrassingly, her house got broken into and uh, quite a lot of stuff got taken out of it, which is a secu huge security issue mm. for the police uh, and for that particular family. It, it doesn't get much more important in terms of VIP no, it did. Than, than that family. Uh, and uh, there was a subsequent inquiry and nobody was ever done for it, uh, for want of a better word, D despite a uh, member of the Crime Watch programme, etc. Uh, the local... D.I., remember him? Mm -hmm. uh, going down to Crime Watch and, and doing his best and trying to find out who who did this to uh, that particular house. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because on my... I've got not much to base it on other than this particular guy's character and, and what he was all about. Uh, and I think this particular guy that you're just about to hear about is Hetford. Mm. We'll call him Rab. Uh, we Glasgow man, we hard man kind of shipyard-looking worker, stocky, uh, typical wee hard Glasgow man. Now, in my career, I don't know if you had many, but in my career, I didn't have many true housebreakers, did you? In proper, Glasgow? Proper domestic housebreakers, cat thief type thing, did you? In Glasgow. In fact, I've, I've got a really sad, a very, very quick sad story. Right, the yeah, first mm, person I ever arrested mm, was for a breach of the peace mm. in the high flats. And they, they used to, in the high flats in Glasgow, they had a concierge at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. To control entry, to yeah, yeah. stop vandalism within mm. it. And uh, so, very first call I got, my first day in the police, I show up there. And uh, there's a guy in a wheelchair mm. uh, who is, is basically giving the concierge abuse. It's a bit more than that. He's throwing stuff at him. It's very unpleasant. There's bodily fluids involved, <laughs> etc. So, it becomes a breach of the peace. He is, he is duly huckled and thrown in the back of the police van. With his wheelchair. Stage, with his wheelchair yeah. and taken to the office. He was a proper cat burglar. He went up drain pipes and one day fell off one. Ah. And that was why he was in the wheelchair. And he was still an arsehole despite... It doesn't matter well, if he was able, you know, he I, still I, be an arsehole. I used to tell this story to yeah. students at the college yeah. because uh, he always remembered me as the one who was nice to him. Right. And uh, I met him for years yeah, yeah. and years after that. Particularly yeah. whenever there was a um, an old for match mm -hmm. one in Glasgow. Mm -hmm. He would go and hang around outside and he always remembered me. Mm. As being the... You're all right. He's the one who was all right. You're and a good not cop. the guy I was working with. Who was, yeah, who was yeah you always dick. get that. So, good, um, good cop, bad cop. But the reason I used to say it to my students yeah. is, you will arrest someone and not remember them because you arrest however many people yeah. a week. Yeah. But they'll remember you. Yes, absolutely. It's an and, event. And he always remembered me. Yeah, it's an event. Anyway, mm. Rab, as I say, I didn't come across many in my career. This was... There's all, you'll hear me speaking about it almost with admiration. It's not that. It's just respect for, for kind of what he, he did, which is mm. a crime. Uh, most of them were, were breaking into warehouses or stealing cars or car mm. radios uh, or, or industrial theft of slate or whatever it happens to be. Mm. Electrical, copper wire, whatever. But this guy was a housebreaker. 
and uh, renowned. And his mo uh, was he, he would he would scope out a house. He was from the Glasgow area, and we live miles away from Glasgow in a very remote part of the west coast of Scotland. And he would come and he'd look, he'd pick a particular house and, and scope it out. What he would do is he would rent a car, a very beige, nondescript mm. car, uh, and drive it uh, from the Glasgow area, park it in a secluded spot, and then walk towards a house. Would he play the Pink Panther music? He was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he would, he would scope out the house for, for long, long periods of time, yeah. uh, just watching the house, which is terrifying in itself, mm. watching people coming and going, and, and watching the activity of the house. Then, when the time was right, he would break in. And what he would prey on was the fact that security, like likes of the island you were talking about, was very lax yeah. in, in rural environments. So he would, he, he didn't even have to break in. He'd open a loose window or he would actually open the back door and just walk in. Yeah. And what he would do, he would have nothing on him, no ID, nothing on him at all. He would have a black woolen tammy, a hat. He would pull it down just above his eyes and he would have, he would take his, his stop, he'd take, in the car, he would take his socks off. Right. Put his shoes back on and put the socks over his hands. So oh. if he was stopped, he was never stopped with gloves on. Yeah, or, clever. Or come and, as you know, if you're going, if you've got previous convictions, which he did for housebreaking, if you're going to a job, tooled up, kitted up. It's an offence. It's an offence. It's Civil government Scotland Scotland. Section 50 or something like that. Yeah. So you, well can, you can be arrested for that. Yeah. Right. So he would. He was He was wise to that and, and nondescript car, not in his name and, and the socks over his hands. And that's what he did. So so that's him. Right. Uh, and he, he's skulking about Argyll and we, we have no idea of this. Uh, we, we don't know anything about it. So one night, me and uh, another police officer, uh, I can't remember what I've called him in the past, it doesn't matter who it was, but it was the one that lived in the police house under the bridge, right. not far out of Baytown. Are we talking Colombo? Yes, or? yes. Right, yeah, not right. Kaiser? No. Right. No. So me and him are sat at the scene of a aircraft crash, which sounds very dramatic, but it was a light aircraft uh, which had ploughed into a hillside with a, a man and woman in it and their daughter, adult daughter in the back. I remember back. it well. She and was flying. Was she flying? I didn't know. Uh, uh, and it was night time. She wasn't night time qualified, etc. And she flew in the hill. But that's a different story. But we were guarding the scene of that, which as you imagine went on for days and days and days. And we happened to be night shift. Mm. So we're parked and we're bored and we're chatting away and we're putting the world to rights and we get a call of a, a 9-2. Remember a code 9-2? Remember yeah. that? Right? So the code 9-2 is, is a house alarm, burglar alarm, right? Was that not 9-1? 9-2 was an actual person? 9-1, you're right, sorry. Mm. It was a code 9-1. And uh, it was an alarm. Now, you would think, oh shit, you drop everything and go to that. You, you, you simply didn't do that. No, because it happened all the time. All the time. It continues. And house alarms don't seem to be as frequent anymore, but every house had an alarm back mm. then. And they were always failing, and someone was always putting in the wrong code, and it was always a fucking mouse had farted or something, you know? Yeah. So we're like, oh, 9 1, okay. So it was a case of uh, Lee Michael Four, can, uh, can you stand down from your, your position, your standby position, uh, and, and go to this house on Slate Island, which is only three miles away from you? Mm. Uh, we've got a 9 1. I'm like, yeah, I'll go check it out, it'll be system fault, you know? So you know, we drove down there, best speed. Uh, Anticipating the strobe lights still going off, and uh, these sirens and these alarms—they went off after 
couple of minutes really and mm. they just left the strobe light going so as we're approaching now this is a big old Victorian house with quite a bit of land a big mm. house uh, and we come up the driveway uh, and the strobe light's going but there's no sound so we mark it off as that and then a woman comes out in her dressing gown her nightcoat elderly woman in her 60s maybe 70s and she's, she's got a, a bit of a jog on and she's mm. kind of stumbling down towards us and uh, we're like that yeah okay your problem with the lamb and and she says, yeah, yeah, he's in the kitchen. And we're like, oh, okay, who, your husband? He, he's, uh, no, the, the burglar, right? <laughs> right. And we're like, what the living fuck? Really? So we're like, fuck me. Drop everything and, and run. Mm. So so we run. And th- this is what we've seen when we walked in the door. So it's Rab, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'll go into exactly what happened with him. We, we crashed through the door. And there's an old gentleman genuinely in the Paisley dressing gown. Right, sat on a, a wing armchair, right, in the dining room. Well, right. as this is right, I yeah. mean, I'm sure you it's, have one too. So it's, 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 all he's missing is the smoking jacket and the cravat, but he's sat there, here's a wee bit to shell. He's in his 70s, he's having a dram, right? Right, Paisley on, dressing gown, cravat. Yeah, it. just yeah, about, you know, yeah. he's got the Paisley dress, he's not got the cravat, but he's got a, he's got a dram, right, and he's got the, the dining room table, and, and Mrs. Such and Such is behind us, right? Yeah. And he's there, and on the floor is Rab, right? right? Now he's hogtied with tie wraps, right? Wrists and ankles bound together. Yeah. Right? Tight. Really fucking tight. Yeah. And the hat is pulled down over his face. So we, we don't know who he is, right? Right. And standing over him is a big, beardy, burly gamekeeper with a 12 ball pointing nice. at his fucking head. Yeah. Right? So we're like, holy fuck. <laughs> so my, co- my colleague. <laughs> Gives it now, 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 okay, we can just put the gun down, put the gun down. She's like, we're fucking, put the gun down. Yeah. So, anyway, we, we take, we're like, this fucker's been stealing money from the house. We're like, okay, everybody calm down, calm down. Yeah. Right? So, my colleague's calming everybody down. I run out the house. Right. Right? You're not expecting us. Run out of the house, back to the car. Yeah. And picked up my camera and honestly got one <laughs> of the best fucking Kodak photos you've ever fucking seen. And I can't find it. I think I must have left it. It's a cracking picture. They're all standing there, him with the gun. <laughs> and Rab fucking hogtied on the floor, right? So he's bleating on, right? Yeah. Get these fucking things off me, right? And I'm like, the tie laps, he can't feel his fingers. He's like, just put the cuffs on. I'm like, oh, this is a first. Ask yeah. him to be cuffed. So fucking snip, snap, cuffs on. And uh, we take him away. I'm going to explain what happened to you in a minute. We take him away to the police office, right? Mm. And we book him in. We're like, fuck it. Brilliant! Now this is this this is a once in a career thing, really. Yeah. Right. And it's Rab, right? And we're like fucking Rab. So now now Rab was quiet, and, and I said, "And what's your name?" And he gave us his name hmm. and his date of birth, and he says, "With with all due respect, Constable, uh, I'm not going to say any more. Hmm. Uh, it's not because I disrespect you or anything like that, or I'm not going to be an asshole. But I'm just not going to speak. I'm going to exercise that right." Oh. We're like, "Okay, fine. There's not much you can say, is there?" Here's a photo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, before digital photos, but we've got the photos, you know. And uh, we booked him in, and uh, just on a wee side note, the, the duty officer says to him, what's your name? Rab, such and such, okay. What's your date of birth? Yeah. What's your address? There you go. Because he knows he has to give an address, otherwise he's not getting out. So he's yeah. kind of gentleman housebreaker. He's a wee arsehole, right? Right. But make no mistake, he's, he's a fucking thing of nightmares. Yeah. You come into your house and fucking that's crawling about your rooms, mm. right? And he says to him, what's your occupation, Rab? And he's like... Jewelry dealer. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we fucking bang him up, right? 
And then we go back and we calm things down, we start getting statements. And this is what happened, right? So over a period of months, uh, the gentleman of the house, the old gentleman with the paisley jacket on, mm. had been noticing that money had gone. Mm. Paper money, as he called it, folding money. Folding money. Yes. Had been gone missing from his wallet in the dining room. Right? Did he blame the servants? He blamed... Funny you should say that. He, he initially doubted himself. Mm. And it was like 20, 30, 40 quid here and there, right? Mm-hmm. And he would take money out of the bank once a fortnight or whatever, whenever he was in town. Mm. And a couple hundred quid would be there. Fold the money, right? But not all of it, mm. right? So maybe 40, 50 quid would go, right? And it would happen every, like, maybe the first weekend of the month. He's like, right. fuck this. So he speaks to her. Speaks to his wife and she's like, you see that old fuck. Which you didn't swear, she's very posh. You see that old bugger. It, it, no, you're, you're just mistaken. He's like, I'm not mistaken. So he goes away mm. and deliberately gets some more money and puts it in, right? Mm. On this next, so it's happened twice. On the third occasion, on that day, mm. first Saturday of the month or whatever. Sure enough, goes. He's like, so he thinks, well, who's in the house? It's got to be the gamekeeper. The guy that's, that does mm. the handyman, eh, uh, He's not his private handyman, but he's a guy locally who comes in, mm. does all the shit, cuts the grass, and he's a gamekeeper to trade. But So he's that. I don't know, bastard. He's a friend. Surely he can't steal my money. The wife's convinced he's absolutely seen it. Mm. This is not happening. So he's like, nope, I'm going to prove you wrong. So he trapes himself down to Argos mm. right, and buys some CCTV. Right. Subtle stuff. And convinced of it. And then he, he sets it up. Right, and sure enough, in comes Rab, like a big fucking mouse, right? Scutter, scutter, scutter. Has a few, he, he goes through a few drugs, he takes other things, so he's obviously been taking other stuff out of the house that we mm. don't know about. Well, so just little bits, not so he's all a repeat of it. Visitor. Yeah, yeah, he's using the house, he will, he will bleed the house dry. Yeah, it's an easy target, but what other houses is he doing? Now, they didn't know how much he'd taken. Yeah. He wouldn't take a full silver set. He'd maybe just take some cutlery or, you know no, what I mean? No, just little notice. bits, wee bits of jewellery, set of earrings here, that sort of stuff. But he concentrated in the kitchen. So he went in, took some stuff, took the money, went away. And he's like, oh, fuck me. He felt guilty, didn't he? For blaming his big mate with the beard mm. on the shoulder. Right? So he's like, hmm, come on. So he showed his wife and his wife, oh, my goodness. Yikes, yikes. And she says, we better call the police. And he says, well, let's get our friend in. So he comes in. He's angry. Mm. He's angry. Obviously, the old man didn't say he thought it was him. He's angry that this is happening. And he's like, let's phone the police. And they're like, no, let's not. Let's catch him. Because the police are, <laughs> the police are too busy. Yeah. Right? Which is a yeah, truth. Yeah. And too far so, away. Yeah. And, and probably wouldn't <laughs> fucking do anything. Right? So, so, that, uh, so they don't tell the wife. So, yeah, yeah, we're going to the police to make a report. And it's worth saying Slate Island does not have a police office. No, it doesn't. It, no. And at some point, I think historically it used to. Or it, at least it, it that did. area did. It did right down the very bottom. Yeah. It did. Uh, but the, it doesn't. So it would be a fair so drive, drive out of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they promised the wife that they're going to Baytown to make the report. But no, no. No. They decide, we're going to catch the fucker. <laughs> right? So the next Saturday and the next month comes. So he makes himself a wee pickle sandwich, cheese and pickle sandwich. Right. It's like the start of that bit of Skyfall yeah, where they're hiding in the mansion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Beardy boy says, I've got the very thing. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Hides in a cupboard. Mm. Right. And the old boy, right, he goes to the adjoining room yeah. with his piece 
cheese piece yeah. and a dram, right? Mm-hmm. And they wait, and sure enough, fucking scutter, scutter, Ellie comes, goes for the wallet, boof, door of the cupboard crashes open, shotgun gets presented. <laughs> <laughs> Lie on the fucking floor, and he lies down. And they got him, and it went to court. I don't know if the video was ever played. Or the, the photos, or, or I think the video was played from, from the CCTV. Yeah. I think he probably played to it. Uh, but top job. Top job by the old guy uh, and the beardy beardy. Uh, but if that happened today, mm. I don't think that would be the result. So so we're living back in the 90s. And yeah. if we're honest, because it's yeah. that top area of Scotland, yeah. it was technically the 90s, but it was really the 50s. Mm. So stuff like that happened. Yes. If that happened today... Mm. And someone... Done my assault. Yeah, I would imagine firearms license holder would lose their guns. It's funny you should mention firearms license and, and the gun. Because mm. uh, the, the, the gamekeeper's out. He's a big lump of lad in the man. I could see why the old guy maybe suspected him. Yeah. Uh, and then years later he shot his wife for a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Did he kill her? No, she survived. It was allegedly an accident. But yeah, pre-cons, I like you. He's quite Jeez. happy to use the gun. But yeah, that was Rab. And, and Rab is my... Top favourite for uh, that, <laughs> going back to start that story, that old lady and the princess, that yeah. that was his MO, a clever thief, uh, little bits at a time, just taking enough to keep going, keep going. But as I said to you, the thing of nightmares, that is sneaking yeah. about your house, that is a proper, he wouldn't, he never used violence, uh, and he tried not to damage the house when he was coming into it. Oh, and so he could go back, presumably. Yeah, yeah, and, and rob it, bleed it dry. Uh, but yeah, hey, that that was my new story about Slate Island. I've got loads more to tell you about that other island you were talking about, but we'll save that for time because what time is it? I think it's probably time to end this podcast. Yeah, so yeah, that was quite good. That was, that good. was quite good. Well, yeah, like we push button things. What does this one do? Hang on. Oh, what's that one? What was that one? I may have Tourette's or rabies or Fucking both. right, I do. Yeah. Fucking Tourette's. Anyway, uh, okay, go for that one. Fucking horses! I need to tell you why I'm scared of horses. <laughs> but yeah, I know what they're afraid of. I still think it's a great story, so you have there, to tell there, people. There are two stories. <laughs> anyway, that's us. Uh, as always, yeah, you have the right to remain silent. And to close us off. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> The madness of Excellent. Ta-ta, See you next time. Bye. Bye.